Thank you for tuning in to Far Better, where we look to be pleasing to God in this life, so our eternity is far better. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and with me today I have two guests. I have Ryan Manning from the Somerville Church of Christ, where I also work. We're ministers there together. Ryan, it's good to have you on the program. Thanks for inviting me. And I have Derek Coble from the West Sparta Church of Christ. Now, where is West Sparta Church of Christ, Derek? Sparta is 80 miles east of Nashville, so we are an hour and a half from everything, we say. So we're okay. an hour and a half from Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga. That's not too bad, though, when PTP comes around. You're not too far, yeah, huh? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Just well, that's great. Now, you guys have a connection that maybe one of you guys or both would like to talk about. You went to school together, right? Yeah, we really don't like each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, he forced us to appear today. That's right. Well, it's great to have both of you on the program, and... I didn't know about the connection when I first met Derek, but it's glad to have both on the program. And we're talking today, continuing our theme for the summer of far better than, and we're talking about far better than a worrisome life. Now, Ryan would tell you very easily, I deal with worry a lot more than he does, and I'm more worrisome than he is. Oftentimes when we sit down to talk about anything, I might say, well, I worry, and then I'll tell him what's bothering me, and he'll go, nah, don't worry about that. That's not a big deal. And most of the time he's right, and the few times that I'm right, I go, see, you know, that's exactly why I'm supposed to worry. But really, what's the big deal about worrying, Ryan? Well, worry is, uh, it's, it's a difficult thing. It's, it stresses you out. It causes you to, I don't know, it causes you to, to think about things in a negative way. It causes you to... Well, it affects your happiness. It affects your uh, the way you can af- effectively work for the Lord. It affects the way you can uh, interact with other people. When you're worrying about things, you you really have a hard time uh, finding that uh, f- finding a good center. Right, Derek. What do you think about all the the big deals with worrying? Because people worry all the time now about everything. It seems whether their finances are in order, whether their car is going to break down. Whether I mean. And all of it comes back to what's the big deal about them worrying about that? Because those are legitimate concerns. So what is there anything that we can worry about and it's okay? Well, you know, I don't think that we should call it worry necessarily. If we're, if we're going to be concerned about something, then that's one thing. Um, but to be in a state of agitation over something, you know, if you look up worry in the dictionary the actual definition is mental distress or agitation resulting from some concern and it is not just concern but it is you know super exaggerated concern and most of the time what you find is people are worried about things that might happen things that might not happen and really things that we can't control and so when it is super exaggerated in that area and you say you know I don't know about this and um, it, it might not happen then there's no sense in you know being overly concerned about something like that when we really can't control it I know early on in my preaching I had some issues in uh, with some folks and they were there was some upset there between us and I was really distressed about it, had some concern about it. I had an older preacher that I really respected and went to him, and he knew, th- he knew the congregation, he knew the people well. And so I, I never forget, he was, 
uh, up in his 90s at the time. But I'll never forget when I went to him, I sat down with him and I said, okay, here's the situation. Here's what's going on. What do I need to do about it? And he, you know, he didn't give me any earth shattering advice or anything like that, but good advice, good, solid advice that I have thought about often since then. And basically what he said was, if you have done something that you can fix, then fix it. If not, then forget about it, you know, just let it go. And so I've thought about that in lots of areas in my life since then. And I thought, you know, that was just simple, common sense type of information, but it's what I needed to hear at that time. And so the same is true with worrying about things. If it's something that we can control, if there's something that we can fix, something we can do, then do it. If not, then just let it go. It's it's easier when we worry about things to not worry so much, for instance, if the car breaks down, if you have the money to fix it, you don't worry as much when, when that's happening. It's when you're in a financial bind that the car breaks down is, is an end-of-the-world type situation because now you're struggling to get to where you need to go. And on top of that, how are we going to pay for it too? Right. And it seems to be a lot of things in life are that way. If I have a plan in place, I won't worry as much about things. And that's that's kind of what, like you said, if you can fix it, fix it. If you can't, forget about it. Sure. And there are things in life that I can do. But I can't always fix everything. You know, Ryan, you have anything you want to add? Well, we have to make a distinction between worrying about something and planning for the future. Right. Just because I just because I take into account and, and plan for, let's say, every eventual occurrence or, or even the most likely ones, that doesn't mean I'm worrying about them. The worrying comes when... I make the plans and it still causes me anxiety that these things may happen or even the things that we know will happen, uh, even the things that we're, we're fairly certain. For example, if, if we're sick or if somebody that we love has fallen, fallen ill and we know the result of that illness, you know, we can still worry about those things and it can still drag us down. Right. But, and that's something that is, it's very interesting to study this because it's not like there's a worry gene that we're born with, you know, where everybody is, but everybody worries about something in some form or fashion. And if you don't worry, you're what we call weird, right, Ryan? That's, that's right. Um, no. Absolutely. <laughs> Ryan doesn't really worry, for those of you wondering, like I mentioned as we started this podcast, but a lot of people, they worry about a lot of stuff. So what causes worry? User's choice, whoever wants to go. Well, I would say, I'm just taking over, Ryan, sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. I would say the main thing that most all of us worry about, you know, it's due to stressful types of situations that come at us, which we've already been talking about a lot of those things already. You know, whether it be sin, whether it be everyday problems that we are having to face at work, at school, you know, just interacting with people, or even if we're just talking about, you know, our health, our family, and those types of situations that come up. There's all kinds of problems that we have to endure throughout life. And, you know, you think about back in the psalm, Psalm 94, 19, the psalmist mentions how he had a multitude of thoughts in the King James. If you look at other translations, though, it tells us there that these are anxious thoughts that were really multiplying So we think about then how in our lives, we're the same. We have, there's 
thoughts that multiply, things get piled upon, piled upon, piled upon, where we've got all of this pressure that is building up on us that just really gets us down. What we don't want to happen is for those pressures to distract us Mm -hmm. away from God because there's our power, Ephesians 3.20, in dealing with God being powerful, so powerful, to do beyond exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Right. So we don't want our concerns or our plans, as Ryan mentioned earlier, to turn into that type of anxiety that distracts us to the point that we forget about the greatest power we have on our side. Right. Ryan, you got anything to add? Well, the future causes worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever's going to happen in the future, and, and like Derek said, a lot of things we worry about don't actually come to pass. Some things that we worry about do come to pass, and but it's not well. It's not useful to add on to that. It's not useful to uh, compound those things that that even even if it's going to happen, it's not useful to add on to that distress or or pain or or anything like that. Uh, let's see. Jesus actually said. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. Don't worry about the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So we have enough things that are, uh, that stress us out today. We have enough things that, that harm us that we have to weather. It doesn't do us any good to bring the future into that. Even if, well, something's going to happen. So, for instance, it's like it's a lot like saying, instead of worrying whether my child will do well in school or not, deal with it when he's not doing well in school. Instead of focusing on it when he starts school, saying, I hope he does well and I hope he doesn't fail, and you start to fill that your mind up with that. Instead, what you're saying is have a plan in place if he is starting to struggle, but don't, don't think about it until it's starting to be an actual problem because that's when you actually have to deal with it. And it may, not ever, it may never happen, but if it does, you know, okay, for instance, Ian. If Ian starts struggling in school, you know how to handle that. But you don't go to bed every night going, I hope he does well in school tomorrow. Because you just that's not something that's going to worry you because it's not a problem. And it may become one, but until it does, why stress about it, right? Well, there are certain things as a parent that my, you know, my children are going to fail to do. And, you know, if I... If I think about, oh, what might he fail to do in a, in a year or two or, or three or ten, man, that'll, that'll kill me. Right. I know he's going to fail to do things, and as a parent, I'm going to work as hard as I can to make sure that he succeeds, and I'm going to plan ahead to do that, but it's not going to, it's not going to hurt me. Uh, I'm not going to, to worry about those things, otherwise, uh, you know, I may in, end up hurting my children. How does worry hurt the church, Derek? Wow. I have seen, you know, it robs us of the peace that we know that God can provide. And, you know, I have seen situations where churches, especially we're talking about elders, we're talking about deacons, we're talking about preachers, you know, the leaders of congregations You know, you're worried about attendance failing. You're worried about finances failing. Um, You can be worried about how we're going to handle that instance where someone is living in sin in our midst. What are we going to do about that? And there's a lot of 
anxieties like that that go on, uh, you might say behind the scenes with the leadership, that really we need to just let God handle it, you know, give these things to God. And, and that's, that's a lot of what we've been talking about already is instead of stressing, instead of being overly agitated about these things and saying, I need to handle this alone, we can't handle it alone. We've got to give it to God. In fact, that's what First Peter 5, 7 says. We cast our cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. Right, and I mean, Romans 12 gives us a lot of guidelines of what a true Christian is supposed to be like. And one of those right. guidelines is one that doesn't repay evil for evil and lets God handle things. You let God steer for a while because our way of steering is not always the best way. God invented it. Let him do it. He's going to do it the best way. And so if someone has wronged me or wronged someone that I love, yes, that might hurt me. But ultimately, in the end, all I can really do is pray and try to hope and hope and pray that they'll come back to the Lord. But if they don't, God's going to take care of that. I don't have to take care of that. And I love how you mentioned elderships can worry. There are elders out in the world that struggle and worry about the budget, and they worry about the members, and they worry about all of these things. And sometimes it can be a lot like I am where they might be right, you know, four out of ten times, but the other six is just that unnecessary worry that's going on that it's almost like they're just scared. And so in some cases, Ryan, would you say that in some cases that might be a reason why some things aren't done with the budget because they're scared they can't make ends meet and so they are more worried about doing certain things and so they don't do works, whereas if we would trust in God, those works might be blessed? Well, with the budget, with our time, with our actions, uh, Sometimes elders and, well, just members of a congregation can have tremendous opportunities, yet they imagine the failure of those opportunities. They think about the worst-case scenarios, and by doing that, it really discourages them. And somebody who's imagining, well, this, this evangelism effort is going to fail because, well, look, it failed earlier, a couple of years ago, so we shouldn't do that again. And then you have people scared to evangelize because they don't want to feel the pressure of failure. When, well, God tells me I'm going to fail at things sometimes. And, you know, some of the heroes in Scripture are, well, you know, by some of our accounts, failures. Noah, Mm -hmm. for example, he preached to a whole bunch of people for over 100 years, and we got eight people on the ark total. Right. Uh, We'd call that a failure, but... The human race is still here because of him. So, obviously, he wasn't. Right. And there's things in life that, obviously, like you said, we're not perfect. We're going to fail. And we have situations come up where that's exactly what we have to happen. That, that's going to happen to us. Um, but I liked how you put it, the, uh, well, this didn't work. There's another phrase that's used. We've never done it that way. Well, in Nehemiah 8, there were people who could have said that. Since the days of Joshua, nobody had kept the Feast of the Booths, and it would have been very easy for them to say, we've never done it this way before, but being pleasing to God is trusting in his plan and doing his plan the way that he's written it, and that causes me to worry less. However, we have things in the Christian life that might naturally cause worry. So, Derek, what do you think are some of the biggest things that can bring worry into a Christian life? I don't think that I necessarily have to give my opinion because I think that Jesus addressed it perfectly in the Sermon on the Mount and Matthew chapter 6, as, you know, Ryan's already made mention to there. But, 
you know, and, and what he mentions are all physical things, which with his knowledge and his foresight, he knew those would be things that could overtake our lives, things that would bother us and find our way or find their way into our lives. And so when you look back at that in Matthew 6 and verse 25, where Jesus says, hey, don't take thought for uh, your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, all of those things. Those are the things the Gentiles are seeking. And so you better seek first the kingdom of God and know that all these things are going to be added unto you. You're going to be all right. It's going to be okay. And those are some of the very things that the parable of the sower, where the thorns came up and choked the word, Luke eight fourteen. Jesus explained that you're talking about riches and pleasures and cares of this life. So he knew that those types of physical things would, would consume our lives to the point sometimes where it draws us away in all of these distracting directions that we run every day. And those pressures seem to build up to live better, to be better, to do better. And I'm not talking about spiritually living better and being better. We know we got to do that. But I'm talking about the pressures from society, the pressures, the worldly types of pressures where people say, you know, you need a bigger house, you need a better car, you need a better job. And all of those types of anxieties are out there. And if we're not careful, Jesus says, those types of cares can distract us to the point that we're not ready for judgment. Mm -hmm. And that's Luke 21, 34. Ryan, you got anything to add to that? Well, Jesus in order, he says that in order to be his disciple, we have to be willing to forsake those worldly things. If you come to Jesus, Luke fourteen twenty six. If you, if Jesus said, if you, if anyone comes to me, and hates not his father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, yea, and his own life, also, you can't be, you can't be Christ's. Christ's disciple. If you aren't willing to sacrifice even those things that are comfortable. And if we get too caught up in wanting those things, wanting that house, that car, the, that status, or, or whatever, and we worry about that, it's no wonder that, that God calls that kind of thing, that covetousness, he calls it idolatry. Uh, so worry, if we let it go, it can lead to well, a lot of, um, it can lead to a terrible attitude. I had on here, as, as the last question for the podcast, are there things that we should worry about? But we've pretty well answered that in the last few minutes. No, we, we really don't have things that we should worry about if we have a life in Christ. A person can worry, then I can, I can deduce if their life is not in Christ because their eternal situation and their state with God is not in good standing. So I, I would want to worry about that. And, of course, the Bible says we'll all be judged by the words of Jesus, John twelve forty eight. And if I don't match up to what the Word of God says, I need to be worrying but I think something hit me, and I'd like to end on this note instead. Our girls are being raised to believe they have to look a certain way. Our young men are being raised to believe they have to be a certain way. And we, we touched on that a moment ago by the status of life. How can we better equip our children to not worry about being like everybody else and to find value in Christ instead? Better equipping our children and, and focusing in upon Christ and not looking all around us, I think the main thing that we've got to do is to speak more like in Deuteronomy 6 where it's talking about 
bringing your children up, teaching them daily, talking about uh, biblical things, just when you're sitting, when you're walking, before you go to bed, when you get up, you know, all the time, finding those opportunities where we can say, look at what God has done. Mm -hmm. Look at how blessed we are. And, uh, and when you start building that from an early age, you'll find that you've got a generation of kids who are really seeking after God, and they're really desiring that. And what a blessing it is to see that as children are growing up and being the influence, the salt, and the light that they can be, Matthew five thirteen through 16, um, just because you have been proactive in making sure that you are teaching them, training them like Timothy was at an early age, um, that's, that's the ultimate goal. Ryan, anything you want to add? If you can, if you can teach, well, not just your children, but just the people who are around you, if you can model the, the idea that society doesn't control what you do, the people around you, uh, even though something may be popular, I don't have to follow that. And if you can show them that what God wants and what God commands truly is the most important, and it's okay to be weird, it's okay to be an, a, a societal outcast, so to speak, because, well, that's what Christians were in the first century. Uh, from, the, from the very beginning of the church, Christians did not cave to society. They didn't cave to the, the normal things that you see in the world, and they transformed the world because of that. Right. You know, Romans 12, again, tells us that we transform our mind to be different from this world. Normal is overrated, is what Jesus is telling us by the way he lived and what Paul would tell us by the way that he wrote. And what God wants us to know is normal is overrated. We need to be weird. And we set ourselves apart from this world. And so not worrying would definitely make us more weird by the way that this world is because the world worries about everything. Is is World War III coming? Is all these other things coming? And is the apocalypse coming, some people would ask. And so we worry about these things that— like you said earlier, we can't fix, so we should just forget. We should just forget about it. Um, as far as this episode is concerned, we're going to have another one, part two, where we ask a few more questions about worry, but do either of you have any final thoughts you want to give us before we close this episode out? I just want to say that Ryan has got weird down. That's right. <laughs> he is perfect in this regard, I believe. I've never seen him worry about anything. No, we are a peculiar people. That is a people that is special for God's own possession, First Peter 2, 9. And uh, because of that, I agree wholeheartedly with what Michael said. We are to be totally changed, transformed uh, from the world. And bringing up our children to understand that and modeling that in our lives, uh, following that example of Jesus daily, that's the best thing we can do. Ryan? Absolutely. I... All I can do is agree with what Derek says. Well, perfect. We want to really thank you for joining us today, listening to this podcast and this episode. We hope that if you struggle with worrying that this has helped you. And there's another episode that's coming up. We're going to do a part two. But until then, I hope we please God now so our eternity is far better.